Oh, yeah. This is the manly man, Randy Brutal, talking at you. When I'm on the road, I pass the time between matches, snapping to Slim Jims, and listening to the Sean Geek Podcast, which I download off of SeanMcGinnity.ca. That's the Sean Geek Podcast, downloaded off of SeanMcGinnity.ca, brother. Oh, yeah. You're not recording? No, I am. Oh, you are? Okay. I'm it recording just, now. Yeah. Okay. It just didn't didn't give that no okie dokie. Because we already have the okie dokie. Oh. Okie dokie, pokey finoki. You just need it for the one time. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. You do the intro. Welcome to Uh, Sean Geek Fast Fret uh, Podcast number. What are we at? Uh, Have they been? Are, are we we never say we. Yeah, well, they are numbered, but we never say what our episode numbers are. So I'm actually going to look it up here. Yeah. So this will be. Well, when people first hear, go. Oh yeah, I heard that one. Sixty-six. How many? Three. This will be three sixty-six. This three hundred and sixty-six. Wow, that's a lot of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Or wait, is that right? No, wait, 66, wait, 365, 36, no, 367. 367. We're actually past the, not the number of the beast. What's 366? Uh, it's like half a beast at the beginning and full beast at the end. It was like the second cousin <laughs> of the beast. Yeah, there we go. 366. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> we haven't, you, you and I haven't done this solo in way too long. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. So, Pro- what? Go ahead. <laughs> no, I so said we probably have a lot of topics we haven't even. Uh, there's tons on all this. Yeah, there's tons. So I ignore the background. My kids play in this room, and they were playing with the action figures over there. They uh, they got Sasquatch from Alpha Flight and a whole bunch of different Union Jacks and Captain Britons. Yeah, lots of stuff. Yeah, Ellie comes down here and she opens the drawer down there, which is all my D&D miniatures. She right. takes them out and she stages these big battles on that desk and behind <laughs> me on the, mo- on the monitors behind me. You should get her to uh, do that claymation thing where she takes a picture, moves a little bit, yeah. the picture, moves it. Yeah. Actually, a little movie. Well, so what she's doing now and she started doing it and then Abby, I don't know if Abby got jealous. She's like, wait a minute, you're doing this. I'm going to do it too. So what, what's happening is that Abby, a long, long, long time ago was making, she'd have like a, like a journal, whatever. And then she'd draw a picture on one page and then the next picture, next page, like a, like a comic book, I guess. And she started doing that. She did that for a while and she kind of stopped, <clears throat> like just nope. dead stopped. Now, was that the one that I saw yesterday? Yes. That's pretty cool. Now, now, so anyway, Ellie started doing them and Ellie's drawing, I mean, she's two years younger. So her drawing is not quite at Abby's level yet, mm-hmm. but she's more, she's, she's definitely a storyteller because she will recount. She watches a video on her tablet and right. then she'll recount the story in detail. 
And then so she so has I, good memory. She has really good memory. So That's I good. think, so I think when, she, at, when Ellie's doing it, she's trying to tell a story, but she's not so concerned about the art or that it's drawn right or that it looks good or that it explains well, because she wants to take the picture and explain it. Right. So her right. word balloons are her talking. So she's like narrating her book, which is kind of cool. But now that'd be awfully cool. You have one having one do the actual drawing and the other one doing the storytelling. Now that's mm-hmm. that's, that's teamwork. Well, that's what uh, <laughs> that's what um, Mark's two daughters do. One oh, writes, right. the other uh, illustrates, which is like that's pretty cool. So anyway, Abby's are way more elaborate. She has words now that she can use, so she's inserting words into her, and then she's actually doing like paneling. Mm-hmm. You know, like like a like a like a true comic, but this all started when remember when I sent you that link? I found a, a tub. Or I didn't find; I knew it was there, but I opened up my tub of art. Oh yeah, I saw that. All oh, your Simca sh- stuff and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I showed Abby, and her eyes were wide. Her jaw was on the floor, and she's like, "You did all this?" I'm like, "Yep." How old were you? I said, well, I was four or five years old. I don't know how old I was, like four or five years old. Because I even have those ones done. Remember the colored pads or whatever? There'd be like, a, oh. like it was like a, a, a pad of paper and you'd flip in there. They're like different colors, you mean? Yeah, different colors. Yeah. Okay. So I still have all those. Wow. But they're all out of sequence. So I was thinking of like stapling them together and then kind of sit through with abby and ellie and kind of you know narrate the story right because i didn't have i think i had a vocabulary of about five words back then right so it was just pictures pretty much and then the odd no yes (laughs) it's pretty cool to drag that out and go oh and then especially if your kids are into it yeah yeah that is that's pretty wild yeah so i'm pretty excited i'm so i uh i sorted through all that stuff and I, so I have like all the stuff, like four or five years old to the stuff I was doing just before we moved, mm-hmm. you know, like 12 to 15 years old. And then I, th- I did a f- little bit of stuff when I was like 21 or 22 or something when back from Montreal back to here. So I have some of that stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, mm, I wasn't a bad artist. I was actually okay. You know, so it was kind of cool to look at that, but That's pretty cool. As Gregory was saying, he's like, well, just draw it yourself. And I'm like, I don't want to draw anymore. <laughs> like, I the only reason I drew was to tell the story because I didn't know how to sequentially lay down the words and do all that stuff. Like, I didn't know how to do that. And once I learned how to do that, then I just abandoned the drawing because the drawing was only there to tell the story. So, yeah. So if you can, if you can do it all and then once you've done it all, you can look at it and go, you know what? I like doing this, but I don't like doing that. At least if you do the whole thing, you know for sure what it is you want to do and what you don't want to do. Exactly. And I really, well, you know, I really love writing. So like that's, hmm. that's breathing to me. Well, means you still have all that stuff. Mom didn't uh, get her hands on it and throw oh. it out for you before we moved. <laughs> but um, what, what I found, what was interesting, there was this comic, there was this comic that came out, it was called the, uh, what's it called now? the Marvel encyclopedia to the Marvel universe or something, or no, sorry, the official handbook to the Marvel universe. And what it was is it it went from A to Z. And then issue one, it'd be every hero and villain from A to, you know, C or whatever. And there'd be a picture. So you could see what they looked like. 
Right. And it would be like a bio. So it'd be real name, aliases, occupation, height, weight, all that stuff. And then it would give you a history of that character from when they first appeared in comics to now to current time. Like so encyclopedia. I, yeah, like an encyclopedia. So I really loved those books. Like those books are great. And so what I did is all the characters that I'd created and co-created with other people, because I created some characters with Dennis Arsenault and uh, Nicolò Robichaud and Richard and Brian and uh, uh, François Paulin. I, I did collaborations with a bunch of those guys. Right. And the name of the, com- the of our comp of our company was Kid Comics or Casey Comics. So what I did is I took all the characters that we had created and I started putting them into an index, like an encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. So I would have the picture and then I would have real name, da da da, and then the history of the character. So the planned out history. So the comics I had drawn or the other guys had drawn as well as where we intended the stories to go. Cause we would plot out where the stories would go. It's like, I would have like a five-year character arc planned for uh, the character called Titan. I knew his origins. I knew where he was going and all that. So I would actually lay out the future history of the comic in these handbooks. Hmm. And then that's when I realized this, I like writing because it's pictures to, to illustrate key moments of that person's history, but really it's all in the writing of the history. That's what I really, really enjoyed. And that's, I think when it clicked in my head, like, no, I'm a writer. I'm just drawing to facilitate the writing. That's all. Right. So anyway, so I have a bunch of, those are my favorites. Like, and there's like each one, each one of those books was like 64 pages. Cause it was a 64 page Hillroy. Jeez. So anyway, I got a bunch. Oh, I have a bunch of those. So, cause I think between all of us, I don't know how many characters we had. We had like a hundred characters or something. So oh. that, that like, I can't, I, I, I need to scan all that stuff or something like. Did you have to have uh, Abby uh, do your illustrating? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah. As she gets older, she get better and better. And then if Eleanor is uh, big into storytelling, she'll be doing, uh, her illustrations also yep yeah well it's exciting man like this is what being a dad's about for me like just seeing a, them develop like things something that i loved and now they're doing it themselves and i can just sit back and kind of watch and assist and help along you know it's live vicariously through their eyes yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah. cool and with the piano too they've they've over they've both overtaken me on piano now oh yeah <laughs> well abby for sure because Abby's been doing it longer than Ellie, but Ellie's right. really like Ellie and I are neck and neck. So I gotta, I gotta improve my piano skills. So I, I just bought a um, idiot's guide to piano. So I can yeah, show you all the scales and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's the idea. Cause I, I, I've never been formally taught piano. I just pluck around and did my writing that way. Yeah. Didn't, I, I, I had started getting all the, literature on it like was it face or whatever and you know the, all these um oh, shortcuts, yeah, sure yeah shortcuts that show you know what what letter goes with you know on what line but uh, i never did pursue it <laughs> there's a dummy's guide to song theory well you know uh, what i i tried the circle of fifths i looked at it i tried to look at 15 different people's explanation of it and i still don't get it 
So it's like, you know what? I don't know. It's just, I play by ear. I've never really done it that way. I'm sure if I did it that way, I'm sure I could, I, I probably could write a whole bunch of stuff, but I don't know. It just, just doesn't click for some reason. It is, it is complicated. It's, yeah. not, it's not straightforward. I had to learn yeah. theory for singing. And then um, when I, dad bought me, do you remember dad bought me when he, when I got the drum set, dad also bought me a, an instructional book on how to play drums. Mm, possibly. Or, yeah. Hang on. I got it right here. You still have it. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> Look at this thing. Oh my God. Is that the drummer from Kiss? Well, he worked. He did do some work with Kiss, but not from Kiss. No, it's Carmine at PC. He um, was the drummer for Rod Stewart, like Vanilla Fudge. Okay, and oh, this is how I learned. And it, oh, you can't you can't quite see it here, but I don't. Know, can you make out this little black thing here? The picture? Is this no no <laughs> this thing here? There's oh little, yeah, oh the record. Yep. It was a record. Yes, sir. Oh, geez. You know what? I just, I ran across a guitar player magazine from the eighties and it was one of the ones I hadn't taken the record out of. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, I don't have a record player, so it's kind of pointless. <laughs> so can you, so, so this is probably a good topic of discussion. So can you explain to the listeners out there and the people watching what, what those what what that is in that book like what that thing is because they used to have them in mad magazine and guitar player magazine can you explain what that is to the children out there the children first they'll say what's a you know what's a record but uh, actually that's coming all it's all coming back now but it is um mad magazine was the kind of the first time i had seen it and it was uh basically it was a record but it was very 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 thin it was it was basically a piece of plastic uh, yeah, right. That was way thinner than a record. It was only one side. And then you tore it out like that perforations that you saw. You tear it out and it was square. It wasn't even round. Yeah. And then you put it on your, you know, I think it had the hole in the middle. So you didn't need that, uh, that middle piece that, the, um, the, what, what did, uh, what did Daryl call it? Killer door. Spider. Yeah. The spider. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't have one of those. So he just plunked it right on the record player put the needle on it and uh, you had uh, I think it had a bunch of songs and the endings changed. So, you know, when your, your record skips yep. because of the needle jumps or whatnot, or you get dirt or scratches or whatnot, people who own records. Um, yeah. So it would, it would skip at a certain spot and then just randomly end up on a different part of the song. I don't know how they did that. I don't know if they, they had all the crossroads going to one spot and then stopping and then once it hit the other side, there was wow. there was a, a section where it would plop into and just play something different. That's now guitar, cool. I didn't know they did that. That's cool. Yeah, that was that one made magazine record. That was the only one I've ever had that did that. Unless, depending on where you put the needle at the beginning, because it was so small and the song wasn't that long, you could have had six different versions of the same song, depending on where you put the needle down. That was the Mad Magazine or was that the guitar player? That was the Mad Magazine one. The guitar player one was worked exactly like a record. I mean, it was yeah. stamped the same where you'd put it on, put the needle down, and it would play. Were they big, Were those bigger, like closer They're, to like an actual LP size? No, no. They were like a 45. Five. They were like square, though. Yeah, yeah, square. So but they it was properly. 
yeah, it was 45 speed. And uh, they would have guitar lessons. Uh, they had one, I think it was Eric Johnson. Uh, I don't know if he was teaching how to play. Um, oh, it's that one that he does. Uh, the hills, the mountains, what's it called? Oh, 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 um, oh my god, I gotta look this up now. I know, yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, that one <laughs> where he's all Cliffs of Dover, Cliffs of Dover. There that's you. it. Good memory, so, yeah, yeah. That was that was one of the ones I remember. Uh, that, was game, to. that was a game changer song, yeah. And that was after I moved here, I think it was 87, 88. I think that one had come out that I'd listened to, and that was probably the last. Uh, guitar player magazine because uh, guitar player magazine wasn't as um, didn't have as much stuff in it as because there was at the time there was three or four different guitar. There was guitar uh, for the practicing musician. I think. Yeah. Yeah. There was an overtaking. I think that one was better. It had more tabs in it. Yep. More songs still learn. I, uh, I found my Van Halen book that I, I bought. Oh, here it is. Look at this. The ultimate. <laughs> Eric, are you watching this? Eric, if you're watching this or seeing this, Todd, describe what this thing is. Yeah, this this here's got uh, I think every Van Halen uh, song, uh, all in tab is great. The only thing is, is my eyesight is shitty, and uh, some of the actual <laughs> printing on here is kind of fuzzy because the sheets sheets are in here. Well, you know how thin a phone book is, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's how thin the sheets are. Yeah, and how and and how blotchy the actual numbers are blotched. Yeah, it shows it. I probably need my glasses to do it. But yeah, I found this. I found uh, I've got a one. It was a rush, my rush one, which is probably just as thick. You have a rush one too, like that. That's cool. But uh, yeah, so yeah, so but the rush one I can't seem to find. I don't know where I put it. Cause there was a couple of tunes I wanted to kind of get back into. Yeah. So like with this one, like all the, so there's a whole bunch, like this thing's all tabs, right? This is how I learned how to read, not tabs, but like read music. So I don't know. Drum tab. <laughs> so, okay. I didn't know how to read music until like this book. So this is how I taught myself with this, but they explain the theory and with drums, it's actually, it's easier to read drum theory or to learn drum theory by looking at drums. And if you're a drummer, it makes it even easier, but each line, I don't know if you can see this, but one of the lines is the hi-hat. One of the lines is the snare. One of the lines is the bass drum. Oh, okay. Right? So that's how, that's how they do it. So, cause really drums are just different. Each drum is a different note. If you look at it that way. Right. That's really all it is. So the top hi hat, snare, bass drum, and then toms are down here. And, and it tells you the beat. Yeah, it tells you the beat, gives you the time signature, you know, right. or four or whatever. Oh. And then yeah. so basically there'll be four hits on the hi hat. So right. Yeah. And two beats on the snare. That sounded like kind of like a snare. And then the bass would be would be four, four beats. So like, and that's how it is. That's how it's laid out. So I'm like, oh my God, now it makes sense to me. So I was able to take that when I was doing my vocal lessons. And when I was doing vocal lessons, so that's when I started teaching myself piano. And that's how I figured out how to play piano because it was the same concept. Every note on that bar 
every line is a different note. So the first note is your, your, you know, your thumb, then your finger, then the next one up is your middle and then up starting from a C. Right. And then you just have to know where the C is on there. And then you just, you know, go from there. Yeah. See, if you know, if you know the alphabet, it's, it's easy. If you go C, oh, the next one up yeah. is D and then E and then F. But now when you just go into the actual lines or you go into spaces, that's, that's where it changes. That's where you have to know. For a guitar. It's, it's, it's nice to know the shortcuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, sure. For sure. Yeah. But um, what, what our piano teacher does for, for the kids is uh, he, he puts numbers. So he still uses the sheet music, but he numbers everything. So the C is your thumb, which is position one, position two, three, four, five, right? So okay. he puts the, so he annotates it, which is like tab, I guess, in a way. Pretty much, yeah. So he's doing it that way. And then you have the upper stanza. I think they're called stanzas. The upper stanza, the lower stanza. And the lower stanza is your left hand. The upper stanza is your right. So then, you know, you're playing, tells you what to do with each hand. Hmm. Yeah. But it's cool, but I still have, so this is how I learned how to play drums. This and Creatures of the Night, the Creatures of the Night album, I got, I had both kind of around the same time. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I converted that, that record, that floppy record and put it onto cassette, put it in my, and put it in my um, Walkman. Right. And then I would play and just had the book open on the side on a music stand and just drill and drill and drill and drill. Hmm. But I think this made me a better drummer because it made me aware of time signatures. Because if you're just following along to a Led Zeppelin record or whatever, you're just, you're following along. And I mean, he could speed up and slow down. Like any drummer can speed up and slow down, but you're not really understanding time. You're just following the song. So here he's teaching you like one, two, three, four. And then your, your quarter notes are one and two and three and four. So those are your qu your quarter notes. And if they're eight, it's one and a two and a three and a four and a, and then. Uh, now, have you ever practiced with a metronome? Yeah. And I'm not good. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll be honest. My my timing is. I don't think my timing is great. Like when we went in the to Dragon Studios, I know Ray was having was getting frustrated with me by all rights. Because I, I just, I, I like to play by feel. It's nice to know the theory. Right. But when I'm playing, I'm trying to play to what's happening. So if you're playing something, I'm trying to match the emotion that you're playing with as opposed to the time you're playing with. Now, now have you ever watched Led Zeppelin live? Yeah. Well, I mean, like YouTube and stuff. When you, when you see Jimmy Page playing live versus the studio... Yeah, it, it's almost like a choreographed stumble. He's like he's almost off, but he's not. Yes, he's he's almost lagging behind, like he's playing, like he's drunk, like but he's not. But he so if you ever listen to to the live stuff, like the studio stuff is, I mean they've they they perfect it and polish and everything. But if oh, you yeah, see yeah. some live stuff, you'll notice that um, his his playing. It's not sloppy. It's just sloppy. It's, yeah. just, it's just different. It's just the yeah. way he kind of feels it out, I guess. Well, Ed did the same thing, right? They always said he's <laughs> falling down a flight of stairs, but he lands on his feet at the bottom of the stairs. Like it always falls. Sounds like he's about to fail, but he doesn't. It's just, it's, it's chaotic. 
and I find like Paige is kind of the same, but it takes a really good drummer to play with a guitarist that is playing that style. Cause the drummer is like, okay. Cause if they're jam, cause a lot of the stuff is, is this them jamming and figuring shit out. Right. So if Jimmy page is falling down those stairs, mm-hmm. then the drummer is deciding, okay, look, I was leading the thing and now you're doing this thing. So I'm going to adjust to what you're doing. And now I'm going to change the time signature to match what you're doing. So I, I kind of feel that I don't know if Bonzo was always like leading the music or if he was just going in and adjusting on the fly. Oh, we took a left turn. Okay. I'm going to take a left turn too, but not lose time and adjust the time signature to what it needed to be. Like, I don't know if that's what he was doing, but it sure feels that way to me. Yeah, I don't. I don't think back then they would use uh, like a metronome. See if you went to the yeah. live music and tried to to throw a metronome on there to see what you know what he's playing. It, it probably we'd probably wander everywhere because I don't think anybody actually used anything like that live back then. Nowadays, with all the in-ear monitors and and all the fancy rigging and stuff, I mean everybody's just bang on all the time because they're just you know there's less feel, more. Well, not that there's no feel. It's just more, I don't know. It's like, it's like a guitar built in the fifties and the guitar is built now. Now they have CNC. It's a little sharper back then was fine, but it might not have been, you know, uh, as uh, the production models of, of now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Oh, it does. Make sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I'm pulling up our list. All right. All right, so I had something earlier and then I forgot what it was. So was it on the list? Was it one of them on the list? Uh, no, no, this was just something I just kind of ran into and went, geez, you know what? This would be a good topic. <laughs> Is this the wineskin? Uh, no, but although wineskin skin would be a, not, not a bad one, I guess. Wine skin. You said you, so you have wine skin. Do they still exist? Everyone growing up with a Skidmore usually had one. What's a Skidmore? Skidoo. I don't know what the hell that's Skidmore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, back in the day when everybody had the ski, like the actual ski do the orange, yellow with the bogey wheels and the yeah, big yeah. bubble front and the, you know, oh, the whole yeah. deal. And then they go out and they'd had the wine skin. And if, if you want to look it up on the internet, I'm sure you'll see it. It's, it's just a leather pouch with a little beak on it type thing that you, yeah. you screw on like uh, i don't know if uh, davy crockett or wherever used to host but you know wine skins they'd have uh you know anytime they go snowmobiling that's what that's what i remember anyways but this was back my god would have been late 70s maybe probably yeah you go to aunt and uncles and go to uncle peter's cabin and skidooing and now I'm I'm curious. So like the wine skin was a thing, and now there's also like flasks. So I wonder, like, did they serve the same purpose? Like, I guess the flask is smaller and it holds less liquid because you don't need to drink as much alcohol. And with a wine skin or a water skin, I guess is probably maybe more what it's. Or maybe there's a fermentation process with the wine skin. Like maybe it. No, it, I think it was just straight wine. I, I think you just put wine in there. I'd have to do a Google search and see exactly what the, I think there was a plastic bladder. There was a, something inside it. It wasn't just leather. I am looking it up. This is how we do the show. We, but it had a distinct look to it. 
I mean, flasks nowadays, I mean, you can put it in your, your chest pocket or, or whatnot, because it's just the way that they're made, they're made <laughs> to kind of fit. Okay, here's the origin. This is good. You're going to like this. The first mentions of a wineskin. Its first mentions came from ancient Greece, where in the parties called Bacchanalia, dedicated to the god Bacchus, by the vintage of this drink was offered the sacrifice of the goat with which would be made the wineskin that would conserve the wine. New wine into old wineskins is a parable of Jesus. So the leather on the wineskin is from a goat? Yep. Yeah, they sacrificed the goat like to Bacchus. Bacchus was like the, the god of party, pretty much. <laughs> the god of party. Pretty much. He was all about wine and merriment. So there's no band name out there called Bacchus yet? Well, let's look. <laughs> Crocus. Bacchus. Bacchus. So B-A-C-C-H-U-S for those listening. Bacchus band. The only problem is if you're screaming the band's name, you just basically spit in someone's face. Bacchus. Bacchus. <laughs> there is a band called Bacchus. They'll get you with a B. They'll get you with a K. They're British. Bacchus plays rock, rock and roll, rhythm and blues and blues in a wide ranging repertoire that includes many of your guitar or something. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, so there is a band called Bacchus. Uh, atmospheric black metal. The debut album by the French atmospheric black metal band Bacchus. Of course, they're a black metal band. Bacchus. But I think Bacchus was also like. Uh, like Haggis. <laughs> our name is haggis i guess we get we get some sheep uh, <laughs> some sheep intestines and some goat let's put the wine in the sheep intestines and make it into a broth some goat goat <laughs> some goat and haggis bacchus and haggis sounds like a good double bill to me <laughs> there's gotta be a band called bat okay i gotta look haggis haggis there's got to be. Oh, there's got to be a band name called Haggis. Oh, my God. They're a tasty pubid, pubidelic band. What? Is it Gaelic music or they call it Celtic? Oh, wait. Cel Enter, Celtic. There's a band called Enter the Haggis. Enter the Haggis is a Canadian Celtic rock band based in Toronto. Wow. Founded in 1995 by Craig Downey. The only, what? Craig Downey. Why does that sound familiar? Are you thinking of Downey Jr.? Different, different Downey. Mm, maybe the Archers Parade is the name of their album. And it's a free song in your inbox. Have you ever had Haggis? Um, yeah, yeah. No, I think I have. I think I have. Uh, I think it was pretty good. I went to. There's this German restaurant I went to on. Yeah, West Portage, I think. And um, it was, I mean, the food was good. And then there was haggis and I had haggis. I'm like, Ooh, I don't know. So I guess just the idea of haggis was kind of freaking me out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they put all the spices and stuff in there. It's it's not like you've ever cooked raw hamburger just without any spices. Yeah, it is. I, I, guess, I guess it's not, you know, the smell isn't the same. The taste isn't the same. It's and it's be the same thing when you think of that. I mean, if you, once you put all your herbs and spices and everything in there, you probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah, probably not. 
it's food. It's their food. It's what they grew up with. It's that's like our uh, Putin. Oh, good, because that's the other topic on the list. Putin instead of uh, Putin rape, uh, and I don't know what. You know what? When we grew up back home, Putin was basically the. It was grated potato. They made a big snowball out of it, and then the center of it there was a piece of of, of salted um, pork. Pork or or hamburger sometimes. Yeah, or whatever they wanted. So then they would boil these things and they were kind of a whitish. And you know, in potato, when you leave it out for a while, it turns grayish. Yeah. <laughs> well, this Great. there's no exception with this because it's once it's cooked, uh, I think if you let it sit for a bit, it kind of turns gray color. It's it doesn't look very appealing. No. So no, if you had if you had someone who normally ate haggis and looked at that and wanted to eat that, they go, Ugh, what yeah, is that? <laughs> but that's what we grew up with. And yeah. just same, same with blood sausage. We had that every Sunday with pancakes. Yep. And we said, well, what the hell's blood sausage? Well, it was I, actually, I don't even really know what blood sausage was. It was just kind of a, it, it came in a coil, like a, a kielbasa or whatever yep. type of thing. And then you cut it up and it was black and you put it in a pot. And then dad would mash it up with, I think he added water, I think. Yeah, I think he did. And then he'd stir it and then you'd have your pancakes and you'd throw this on your pancake. Almost like maple a, syrup. Like oatmeal. He'd get it like oatmeal consistency. Yeah. And he, and it was a specific brand. I don't know if he had, uh, if it was maple leaf or it had to be a certain brand anyway. Yeah, they that had. certain brand was good. I've tried other brands and I was like, whoa. Yeah. Did you remember it? Was it Maple Leaf or was it Burns or was it? I don't know. I was trying to figure that out. Okay. But I remember how Todd used to sell it at the co op yeah. back home. <laughs> remember how dad used to test the pan, make sure it was hot enough? Spit on it. Yeah. <laughs> sizzle, sizzle, sizzle. All right. It's hot enough. You got to make sure it's really hot. It's popping and popping like popcorn yeah. on the, yeah, and disintegrates. Of course. Do you remember? Do you remember the the? So there's probably like nicotine in the spit. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Pepe, Pepe Gould used to make candles, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, in the basement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he had he had this wood stove. Yep. And it was a flat top, and he'd have all his candles on there. I oh yeah. yeah. And if you sprayed water on the you know, on the actual top, it would do the same thing. It would yeah. it would kind of roll. Yeah. And at the same time. Yeah, roll and sizzle. Yeah, roll and sizzle. Smoke it. There's a there's a name of a tune. Smoke and sizzle. Roll and sizzle or smoke and sizzle. Or... That's, uh, that's that's right up there with the old um, salty bear song, warm and fuzzy. Warm and fuzzy. It's <laughs> called warm and fuzzy. Yeah, should have su- submitted that song to uh, when they made that movie Ted. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been good. <laughs> You know what? I, I gotta. I, you might not know this story. I have a story you might not know about. Okay. It's about the song "Warm and Fuzzy." Okay. So, um, that, so Salty Bear. That was my old band, like forever ago with Dan. And the band, I don't know if you want to call it a band. It was just me and Dan, and then you would show up occasionally, and then Kathy and Mel showed up occasionally, and you know, it was a yeah. lot of occasionally showing up. Yeah. Um. But anyway, we had this song called "Warm and Fuzzy," and we're. The song was supposed to be about like the feeling you get when you're in like a really good friendship or really good, you know, like the, you get warm and fuzzy, like, you know, like when you give me a hug, it's like, ah, you know, it's just that warm and fuzzy feeling like right. comfort, comfort. So yeah. it was supposed to be about that, but we thought we'd be intelligent. Like people are going to interpret it as meaning something else. <laughs> 
anyway so that was the song but it's a good song actually I, I really like it like the the music that Dan wrote was like pretty phenomenal on it so there was this house that his dad would rent out off of St. Anne's did you ever go to that house I may have been it was like 500 square foot house it was like really really tiny it's basically one room a bathroom and then the kitchen was off the main room it was like really 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 tiny and uh he didn't have a tenant so what we did is we set up my drums there and the amps and that became like a jam house for us now is that the place that i came to see you guys and kathy was there or was that a kathy's yes. house yeah that no that would be there yeah that was the place okay i believe so really Didn't tiny cop show up or something <laughs> Oh, go with this or that. Oh, that's crazy. So, were you there at the time, though? I, I I think so. Yeah. So I don't know if we were playing with you and then Kathy and Mel at the same time, or I, I might be screwing up. But I know the song we were playing was "Warm and Fuzzy," and we we're I think they were there, and maybe you were too. And we we're like teaching everyone, okay, this is how the song goes. You know, like we want everybody to, to play the song because we thought it was fun and funny. And then we, we have a recording of this and I can't find it, but we were playing, we we're about to play. And then the cops show up at the door. Why are you guys here? Like thinking we're squatters or something like a band that just found an empty house and set up the equipment. Squatters rights go away. Yeah. But I think they were like, <laughs> but they're, they were second guessing everything because well, you guys hauled stuff into the house, not out of the house. Yeah. So Why they, would we? Yeah. That wouldn't make sense. In, yeah. So, so Dan's like, okay, well, you know, this is my dad's house. Like he, he rents his house out and he didn't have any renters. So we're just using it as a jam space for a bit. And he goes, does your dad know you're here? Like, yeah, he does. Okay. Well, we're going to check this out. So the two cops, like the one cop went back to his car and, you know, called it in. Right. He says, well, while I'm waiting for them, you guys might as well play us a song. <laughs> we played warm and fuzzy and it was so sedate because we're like holy shit holy shit holy shit so instead of like the song kind of goes instead it was like it was like staccato like oh shit you know we're gonna your mind's elsewhere and i was so broke back then i don't know if you remember i'd wear a button-up shirt like this and I would put the mic through and come up there so I could sing because I didn't couldn't afford a microphone stand. Okay. And I would, so I'd be playing with my head <laughs> cocked to the side so I could get to the mic and we're singing and and I'm like warm and fuzzy, furry feeling, you know. Instead of singing, you know, like I'm almost talking it. Right. And we played the whole song and then when the, they waited for the song to be done, when right. for his partner to come in and say, okay, that was pretty good. Everything checks out. Everything's good. And then they just left. Right. That version is like the lounge version of that song. It's kind of funny. (laughs) Just change the BPM a little bit and it just changes the whole song. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we actually performed for the police. So how about that one? (laughs) Damn. Damn. All right. Well, um, we might call it here because my father-in-law has called me twice. Well, he wants us to come for lunch. He needs help moving a vanity. Uh, redoing his bathroom finally so you put gotcha. a new tub he had to take out a wall in one of the bedrooms in order to get the tub in jeez yeah he's replacing the vanity so we're gonna leave in a few minutes anyway but 
glad we were able to. But anyway, back to the poutine. Sorry, because it's on the we started the poutine talk. We didn't right. poutine talk. So I put this on the list. What the hell is a poutine? So you describe what a poutine is, what a poutine well, at home is. Well, I, okay, well, I did that, but yeah, it's it's basically a, a, a potato that's been grated like cheese, right? Yeah. You grate it all up, and then I don't know if you add moisture to it or there's well, enough there to, okay. to make the bowl. Okay, hang on. There is something there. So it's grated potato, grated raw. Yeah. It's a raw potato and it's grated. Right. And then they also boil some potatoes, so they have soft potato. And between the grated raw potato, which is hard, right, soft potato, that's what they do up like a ball. So it gives the mashed potato gives it consistency to be able to do that. But the raw potato, which is hardness, makes it stay together. Because otherwise, if you took a mashed potato and put it in a ball, it would, it would pfft, right, pfft, right. So the grated potato is to harden that to make the the ball and keep it shape hmm. and then okay. boil it so then as it's boiled it keeps that shape right and here when you ask for it they just give you cheese with a bunch of fries or fries with a bunch of cheese yeah <laughs> yeah not a real poutine i mean it I, I do like poutines but a poutine that i'll pay that's what we grew up with and that's you know the dirty snowball we called it right yeah, well, when we first got here, they said, uh, "Do you want a poutine?" Sure. And then I see these like, fries. Like, what yeah. is this? <laughs> I asked for a poutine. Fries and these cheese curds, or whatever. Like French? This is poutine. It's French. No, we're French from New Brunswick. We're not Quebecois. We're French. <laughs> it's you know? it's an Acadian poutine. Yeah, an Acadian poutine. But do you know where the word poutine came from? I looked this up because I was curious. Uh, do you? No. Know? I have no idea. Take a guess. Uh, well, I, I have no idea. I, I can't even think. If there's, if there's a French word for poo, poo. <laughs> in the t- tin, it's a shit ball. Uh, yeah, or a t- t- tin, maybe <laughs> because it's round <laughs> with the mamelon and the uh, ari- ari- what's areola in French? Ariol. Uh, Ariol. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah. Actually, I like that better. Yeah, so, can you see those floating in the water <laughs> boiling? All I gotta do is put like a little raisin on the top as this float <laughs> in the water. Like, why are they gray? <laughs> dead needs to go for dialysis, I think. Dead dead woman to tin. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Oh my god. No, no what, what is the actual okay, what, so, what, <laughs> So I looked it up because I was curious because like, where the hell? Because I, I was I was angry about poutine versus poutine rape. Right. So it comes from the word pudding, 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 poutine. It comes, that's how it came from. So, and it's based on the poutine rape because it would be, because there's the, I don't know if it's like a lazy poutine. You can have a lazy poutine, which is not the ball. It's just kind of the mix right and that looks like a pudding but the the french like a lazy lazy cabbage roll like a lazy cabbage roll right so it'd be so they would have the the poutine and they would describe it to the english but they would be telling the english and trying to describe what the poutine like what the poutine that was called whatever it was called originally and it's like and it's it's pudding pudding Put in, and they're like pudding, 
pudding, put and that's how it became pudding. Hmm. I don't so know. How, actual so that how, is, now, does that have anything to do with the French fry one too, or is that a different? I don't know. Maybe they, a, did a they, French fry pudding. Did they look? Did they look at that and go, uh, Putin? Yeah, maybe. I don't, know how you, I don't know how you get that out of that, but I don't know. Strange yeah. stuff. But anyway, food. so there, we knocked off two things on our list. <laughs> look at that. We Sweet. got some other good stuff on the list here we're going to have to get to. Uh, the last thing I want to do, I kind of want to do this as a, a regular thing. I want to do a recommendation at the end of every episode where we're going to recommend something for the listeners. Could okay. Be podcast, could be an album you just heard. Could be food, could something be food, you just tried. Could be a restaurant, could be whatever. You got anything uh, on, at the top of your head? We'll each, if you got. Yeah, actually, uh, bulk, bulk Barn. <laughs> <laughs> they've got these uh they're almond uh caramel clusters oh now we we had gone to the bulk barn and we figured you know what we're going to try all the uh all the yogurt covered whatever got the yogurt covered yeah. raisins yeah, the yeah, yeah. peanuts the cranberries all this stuff we tried it eh, it's okay the now when you get the the raisins there's the yogurt uh, and then there's Greek yogurt. There's two different ones. Yeah, yeah. We kind of like the regular yogurt ones. Uh, but we had gone and I had bought, oh my God, I'm sure the bag was about 60 pounds worth of stuff that we had bought just to try different stuff. Yep. We tried some of the chips and I figured, you know what? Chips in a bin. I mean, they get stale pretty quick. I mean, if you have chips at home overnight, the bags open next day, they're stale or crappy. I don't know how they keep them fresh or, or if they're fresh at all, but depending on what you grab. We we took tried some of the Rolos, oh okay, ring, yeah, yeah. Ringolos or Rolos, yeah, yeah. But they're these are like the Humpty Dumpty ones. Remember those? Oh, of course they do. Okay, uh, like we go to the canteen mm. at LJR. Yep. Uh, what was it called? The canteen. They had a name for it. At LJR? Oh, I don't remember. Okay. Anyways, you, you get the Ringolos there, and that's that's what they taste like. Yeah. So that was a good find if if you're into nostalgic. Uh, yeah, like taste and whatnot. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I've actually gone in there and just nostalgia. I bought the Ringolos, of course. Like I, I couldn't not get them. Yeah, they had garbage can candy. Do you remember that garbage candy? Yeah, yeah. All, all like, the all like the stuff dead that fish, dead fish candy, and then oh yeah, that's what was in there. That was there's like dead yeah. fish candy. I remember like like a can bottles. There's bottles and yeah. stuff. Bottles, yeah, you're right. Yeah garbage candy yeah it would come in a little garbage so, did they have them in the garbage cans yeah it's a little garbage can no i don't know if the garbage i don't know if it's like cereal and everything else about the grocery store as time goes on just uh what would normally be called now the value size is our regular size what used to be the regular size yeah but now regular size is super small so i mean the the garbage can was this big mind you when we were you know eight nine years old that was probably pretty big so i'm not too sure if the size changed or they just look smaller. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's tough. It's pretty good. But yeah, those, um, that's a good recommendation. Yeah. If you get a chance, just, but when you go, we made the mistake of grabbing a scoop full of each stuff we wanted. Yeah. You almost, they say that you can ask someone there and they can, you can taste stuff before you buy it yeah. or, you know, just, just grab, you know, just a handful of whatever, just to try it out. And then when you get home, you know, try your stuff out, rate what you want, the stuff I'll never buy this again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or if you like it, because uh, yeah, 
some of their stuff's not uh, not too bad actually. No, we've gone there a few times. Yep, and get some spices and stuff there that you know might you might not find elsewhere. Apparently, uh, cat uh, litter. Apparently, the owner that's there, you don't want. He won't use any other cat litter. Apparently, it's really good. We haven't tried it yet. Um, and uh, we just we just bought some rabbit food from there. Super super cheap, like for the rabbits outside. Yep. And uh, yeah, we, we grabbed that and uh, yeah. So that's kind of a recommendation. Yeah. Well, my recommendation is this book. If you can find it, <laughs> if you can find it, <laughs> if you can find it, like honestly, like whether you like the guy or not, he's kind of a guy that I guess people maybe like, don't like, I don't know. Um, I he's he's a straight shooter. He always he looks like hip. he looks like Yanni from here. <laughs> Mind you, in the eighties, everyone looked like Yanni. <laughs> um, he he had some recent interviews that were interesting where he was talking about Vinnie Vincent because him and Vinnie Vincent actually have a an album they did together that Vinnie won't let them release oh yeah but whatever but yeah Hmm. like that book like honestly like that book opened up my brain to what drumming really is about and not just sitting behind the kit and playing but like you know other levels of what is this book actually about you know right and uh it's just i don't know it it was life-changing for me like i don't know I wouldn't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to write music if I hadn't read that book because it taught me how to do rhythms on the drums, but also taught me theory, the beginnings of my music theory that, you know, I carry on everything I learned from that book. I still carry on to this day. So yeah, highly recommend go look on Amazon. I'm sure it's on there. Probably a new edition (laughs) that comes with MP3s as opposed to a plastic uh, uh, album on the back in the back. Plastic record. All right, well, yeah. I'm going to sign off here. I'm going to go move a uh, some bath- vanity. Vanity, yeah. And redo a wall. <laughs> uh, whatever. If I got to, I got to, you know, yeah. they'll ply me with some great food and some great wine, homemade wine, double the uh, percentage value of regular wine. <laughs> it's fine. Sweet. All right. Okay. Thanks for doing this. I think, uh, I think Sundays work pretty good. And uh, we should be doing one with Eric soon. Okay. And Sundays work for him as well. And then uh, we have to do a, this is upcoming episodes, folks. So we have to do an upcoming episode. So we'll have two Van Halen ones. We got to do the Eric Van Halen one for 5150. Mm-hmm. And then we also need to do one for, with Corey, who's listened to Van Halen for the real first time. And really? His, yeah. And get his take on, like, he's going to grill us with questions, I'm sure. So they'll be kind of fun. Oh, I remember what I wanted to talk about, but it's too late now. We'll do that next week. Yeah, I, I literally like we're leaving in like 14 minutes. So <laughs> I better go. But uh, right. yeah, maybe next Sunday. Alrighty. All right. See you Sounds later. Talk right. to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Fans of the Sean Geek Podcast, this is the Core Geek talking at you. Did you know that the Sean Geek Podcast has merch available? That's right. Head on over to SeanMcGinnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. You'll be taken to the Sean Geek Podcast store on TeePublic, where you can find the Sean Geek Podcast logo on t-shirts, totes, masks, and more. And best of all, a portion of the sales goes to help support the podcast and allow Sean and Todd to keep bringing great content your way. Once again, go to SeanMcGinnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to download the latest episode.